2015, Cupertino, California. It's a beautiful afternoon on the Apple campus, but Travis Kalanick hardly notices. He's wearing his favorite red sneakers and pink socks and walking at his customary fast clip, but without his usual swagger. As he enters a conference room, he feels a sense of dread. Standing to greet him is the man at the center of the tech universe, the man who could bring the past five years of hustle and Uber's $70 billion in valuation crashing down. Apple's CEO, Tim Cook. Cook gives Kalanick a stern look. So, I heard you've been breaking some of our rules. Kalanick shifts uncomfortably in his seat. For once, he's quiet. Cook controls Uber's lifeline, the Apple App Store. That's how customers get the Uber app. If they get kicked out of the App Store, they'll be booted off users' iPhones. But true to form, Uber's approach to the App Store has been somewhat suspect. For more than a year, Uber's engineers have secretly fingerprinted iPhones by tagging them with code. The fingerprinting fix was supposed to help Uber clamp down on scammers, drivers who were ordering fake rides. But the code stayed on users' phones even after they deleted the app, letting Uber continue to track them. Uber managed to avoid discovery by creating a so-called geofence around Apple's headquarters, which kept Apple engineers from detecting the code. Kalanick's thoughts are swirling. So what if we broke Apple's rules? The end justifies the means, right? Unlikely to be a winning argument with Cook, who is a privacy fanatic. Cook looks Kalanick in the eyes and continues. I know you've been tagging iPhones, going against our promise to consumers that they're always wiped clean once an app is deleted. You know damn well that violates our privacy guidelines. Kalanick stays mum. He's been coached to say very little in this meeting because he's not great in the hot seat. He's always convinced he's right. And what might start out sounding like an apology could end up coming out as a justification or worse, an attack. And without the App Store, Uber is toast. Cook sees Kalanick's not going to butt in and continues. Stop the fingerprinting or we'll kick you out of the App Store. Kalanick is shaken. He almost never backs down, but this time there's just too much at stake. I hear you, Tim. I hear you. I'll call off my team. You have my word. Kalanick's had a heavy scolding. He's humbled but it won't last. His ambitions are too grandiose. Uber's not just going to kill off Lyft. It's going to go up against the older behemoths, rising to meet and outdo Amazon, even Apple. And the way Kalanick sees it, that won't happen by playing nice. Enjoy a powerful business upgrade with Dell Technologies' Black Friday in July event. Get amazing savings with up to 50% off high-performance computers and tech built for business. And be able to take your office with you with Windows 10 Pro. Plus, get great offers on Dell servers, monitors, docks, and more, all with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. And speak with a Dell Technologies advisor today. 
Louisiana's diverse landscapes include dense timber forests and seafood-rich coastlines. And every step along the way, you'll find a business environment that's strong, diverse, and ripe with opportunity. Need proof? Louisiana is where NASA and higher ed partners build rockets that will soon put the first women on the moon. It's also where the port system delivers the most domestic cargo in the U.S. And Louisiana is home to the best workforce development program in the country. See what Louisiana economic development can do for you. Visit OpportunityLouisiana.com today. From Wondery, I'm David Brown and this is Business Wars. In our last episode, Uber and Lyft expanded rapidly, launching peer-to-peer and carpool services. Lyft was primed to take the lead until Uber's spies swiped Lyft's own tactics, driving Lyft close to collapse. But Lyft's founders have decided they aren't quite ready to throw in the towel. Zimmer and Green tell their staff they'll stay the course. They come up with a new tagline, driving you happy. The new marketing, coupled with Lyft's rapid expansion, works. They grow from just two cities in 2013 to more than 30 two years later. And they've attracted serious investors, too. Now, rising from the ashes, Lyft's ready to capitalize on its position as the good guy. This is Episode 4, Kill or Be Killed. June 2015, Paris. Dozens of riot police filled the street, armed with batons. Protesters, some of them wearing masks, band together in groups to block the road. The air is filled with thick black smoke from tires burning nearby. A few cars are set on fire. Others are pushed over. It looks like a war zone. But it's actually an anti-Uber protest. Once again, Uber's facing major blowback from the taxi industry. The company's been in Paris since 2011, but anger has ramped up since the rollout of Uber Pop, which lets drivers without chauffeur licenses pick up riders. A disgruntled taxi driver talks to CNN. Our rules are strict. We buy our licenses and they cost a lot. And now we have people who pay nothing, who have no training, and run a taxi service with any old car. The protests spread. In cities across France, 3,000 taxi drivers take to the streets, angry that Uber's put them out of work. And there are more roadblocks in Uber's push for global domination. Spain kicks Uber out, and Berlin and Amsterdam bar the company from the start. But Kalanick knows that he doesn't have to go on the offensive. His customers, who love Uber and have come to depend on it, will be foot soldiers for him. June 2015, Uber headquarters, San Francisco. Kalanick is talking strategy with David Pluff and a small group of engineers in the company's war room. Pluff is the political strategist famous for running Obama's 2008 presidential campaign. And now he's joined the ranks of Uber. He's got his marching orders. Turn the public perception around and outmaneuver the politicians trying to stand in their way. They're gathered around a large circular wooden table. 
The room is tense, but Pluff is calm, steady. He's wearing his customary purple-checked shirt and half-zip sweater. He lays out the ground game in the latest hostile territory, New York City. We've had the protest outside City Hall two weeks ago. Our drivers held signs. My favorite was, my car, my business, my family. We were going for the personal angle, that the ban will hurt the regular Joes. Pluff is talking about a proposed bill from New York City Council, supported by Mayor Bill de Blasio. It would dramatically limit the number of new Uber drivers who could sign up in the city each year to just 200. It's critical that the company stop the new law as quickly as possible. They can't let the Save the Yellow Cabs campaign gain any more momentum. Kalanick pipes up. Yeah, I like that too. But protests aren't enough. They don't get enough eyeballs. I agree. I I think it's time to launch the new app feature, which we're calling de Blasio's Uber. The feature will let app users see what Uber would look like if the cap on new drivers passes. Wait times of 25 minutes for an Uber. And they're betting that that will light the fuse of famously impatient New Yorkers. Kalanick smiles. I love this idea. And it gets better. Once they're in the new feature, users can tap a button that sends a complaint to de Blasio and the city council. Yes! Yes, the app makes it real. It shows just how bad the situation would be if this stupid bill passes. People are going to be furious. But now they can help us stop it. Pluff turns to the engineers. Okay, how soon can we roll this out? Two weeks? Time is of the essence here. Kalanick bounds out of the room. He's got a world to conquer. September 2015, New York City. John Zimmer settles into a white leather club chair on a small stage and smiles for the cameras. Reporters gather in front of him. He's dressed up in a dark gray suit, his brown hair gelled to the side. Sitting to his right, wearing a black dress and white jacket, is Gene Liu, the president of Didi. Didi is China's premier ride-sharing company, and it controls 80% of China's market. On the wall behind them is a banner printed with both companies' logos. Zimmer clears his throat. We are very happy to be here with our new partners at Didi. Starting today, Lyft users will be able to ride with Didi in China. Lou speaks into the mic buttoned on her shirt. Likewise, Didi users will be able to use Didi to hail one of Lyft's private cars when they come to the U.S. Zimmer smiles proudly. This is a huge win. By partnering with Didi, Lyft gets an international presence without any of the headaches associated with expanding overseas. Lyft users will be able to find rides in China without leaving the Lyft app, and Didi will fulfill the requests with its own drivers. Zimmer turns to Liu and smiles. This is the best way for us to enter China. Now any Lyft user can step off the plane in Beijing and have the best possible coverage to find a ride. The elephant in the room, of course, is Uber. Uber has made a huge play in China, setting up a separate division called Uber China to take on Didi. But the two companies are locked in an expensive price war. So far, Didi's winning, and it's costing Uber more than $1 billion a year. For Didi, its partnership with Lyft is a hedge against Uber. If Lyft and Didi work together, they might be able to slow down Uber's global expansion. Zimmer can't resist a dig at his competitor, 
who is spending VC cash at an obscene rate. This alliance is the right thing for our users and for our investors, who don't have to watch us waste billions of dollars just to lose to the biggest Chinese player in ride-sharing. Lou and Zimmer stand up and shake hands as the camera shutters click away. But on the other side of the country, Kalanick isn't paying too much attention. He's focused on his own event, another epic party. October 2015, Palms Casino Resort, Las Vegas. It's a hot night in Nevada, and hundreds of Uber employees move quickly into the blast of air conditioning. They're in town for a corporate gathering, branded as the X to the X retreat. That's the Roman numeral for 10 to the power of 10, or 10 billion, the revenue threshold Uber's just crossed. The Uberettos show their sleek X wristbands to gain access to the hotel's Pearl Theater. In their wallets are prepaid credit cards loaded with hundreds of dollars, just in case the open bars don't suffice. Kalanick looks out at the crowd proudly. He's already pulled off a party with Kygo and David Guetta DJing late into the night exclusively for Uber staff. He spent $25 million on the weekend's festivities. And this next performance is the icing on the cake. The lights dim. An expectant hush falls over the crowd. Fog fills the stage, and the sound of a sensual voice singing a cappella floods the room. On stage, a figure in a red sequin jumpsuit begins strutting towards the crowd. She gets to the chorus, and that's when they realize it's Beyonce. After a hit-studded set, Kalanick joins Queen Bee on stage. He's a little worse for the wear. He takes the microphone from Beyonce and holds her hand. I f***ing love you. All of you. Someone in the crowd yells back. I f***ing love you back. But Kalanick isn't done with the night's surprises. No, he has one more up his sleeve. I'm so pumped to tell you guys that Beyonce and Jay-Z... He pauses to point to where Jay-Z is sitting on the balcony smoking a cigar. What up, Jay-Z? I'm so pumped to tell you guys that Beyonce and Jay-Z are now Uber shareholders. Forget crazy in love. Kalanick brokered a crazy deal to get Beyonce to perform. He paid her $6 million in Uber stock in exchange for her performance. That's hundreds of thousands of dollars a minute. Kalanick is blowing through Uber's cash. This worries company accountants, but they're hesitant to bring up the issue. With Kalanick, you're either on his good side or iced out. Investors are also getting concerned, but Kalanick reassures them that everything's fine. After all, Uber is still way outpacing Lyft. December 2015, San Francisco. It's a few days before Christmas and Zimmer and Green are at the office putting the finishing touches on some very important paperwork. Hey John, what do you think about all these deal terms? He turns his screen around to Zimmer, who's busy clicking through an Excel sheet of last month's revenue. I think it looks great. That money should tide us over. It's been a big couple of weeks for the company. Zimmer and Green are closing in on their latest round of funding. They're crossing the T's and dotting the I's on a deal that would see $1 billion invested in their company, valuing Lyft 
at close to $5 billion. Zimmer and Green know Uber still has much deeper coffers. Just a few weeks back, Uber closed a monster $2.1 billion funding round. They have a war chest dedicated to beating Lyft. But Lyft is not giving up. Zimmer turns to Green. I just looked at the numbers, and 60% of rides taken in San Francisco are now Lyft lines. Green nods and responds quietly. <laughs> That's great. That's great. This just confirms what we always knew. We can use ride-sharing to make cities greener. Zimmer smiles. Green is always so mission-driven, and that's why he loves him. The two aren't just co-founders. They're close friends. Green was the best man at Zimmer's wedding. There's a genuine partnership between the two, and this tough year has brought them even closer together. It was only in January that their investor told them to give up. They were running out of money. Now, 11 months later, they've turned things around. Investors believe there's room for two in the ride-sharing space, and they've pumped the company with hundreds of millions of dollars in capital. Zimmer, though, is thinking ahead. I see this global alliance with Didi as a great move. And if we can team up with even more companies, we can have a shot at bringing down Uber. Green nods again. Earlier in December, Didi decided to invest $100 million in Lyft as a way to strike back at Uber. Together, Lyft and Didi partnered with Ola in India and Grab Taxi in Southeast Asia to form a worldwide anti-Uber coalition. With a new funding round, Zimmer and Green feel confident going into the new year. And during the first six months of 2016, Lyft brings in more business than it did during all of 2015. But Uber is about to deal Lyft another major blow. Summer 2016, Beijing. Kalanick walks into a sleek hotel bar with Emil Michael, his right-hand man. They're here to make peace. They've come to meet Cheng Wei, the founder and CEO of Didi. Michael has been negotiating with Didi for the last two weeks, hammering out a deal. Cheng, good to see you again. Travis, always a pleasure. The two men have been locked in a battle for years, and Didi fights fiercely. When the Chinese company gave away roughly $150 million in free rides, Uber had no choice but to do the same. They've both raised billions in venture capital and shown no signs of surrender. Until now. Didi's ahead, but the company worries its lead won't last. The bartender pours out four small glasses of Baijiu. Kalanick is in an affable mood. Well, it's been a good fight. I have to say, I do respect how hard you've competed. Uber has been a formidable competitor. Kalanick raises his glass, and the others follow suit. And now, together, we're going to rule the market. Cheng breaks out into a grin. Ganbei, cheers. When Zimmer and Green hear about the merger, they're stunned. This unholy alliance between Didi and their chief competitor means they've just lost China, the world's biggest market. Soon, the alliance between Didi and Lyft will be quietly buried. Now, Uber's empire is bigger than ever. But it's not invincible. Kalanick is about to get a taste of his own poison. 
Hackers see a weak spot in Uber's cybersecurity. They smell a sweet trove of data. They're waiting for just the right moment. And when they do attack, Uber will come crashing down. Where's my order? Where's my order? Where's my order? Break free from customer support monotony. Welcome to Intercom for Customer Support, the business messenger that uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. Intercom's business messenger resolves questions that can be answered automatically, so customer support feels less like Groundhog Day and more like help is on the way. Go to intercom.com support to learn more about Intercom's business messenger for customer support. Birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkle donut. There's a lot in this world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge, especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance, or finally understanding all those terms your friends keep throwing around like ETF, ESG, and ICO. Go to Investor.gov today to learn about these investment products and more. How much do you already know about investing? Find out by putting your financial knowledge to the test with their new investment quiz. Investor.gov is your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips. Before you invest, Investor.gov. October 2016, Uber headquarters in San Francisco. It's late, and Kalanick is one of the few people still at the office. Yo. It's Joe Sullivan, Uber's head of cybersecurity. He sounds rattled. We need to talk. Can we walk? Yep, come right over. Sullivan appears at Kalanick's desk. He runs his hand through his long, unruly brown hair. As they walk out, Kalanick glances over at Sullivan. His lips are pursed. Okay, Joe, what's on your mind? There's been a breach. Kalanick takes a deep breath, but doesn't slow his pace. What's the damage? Hackers got into our network. They took the names and driver's license information of 600,000 drivers. Kalanick winces, but keeps walking. They... Uh, They also got the names, email addresses, and phone numbers of our users. Kalanick stops in his tracks. His eyes narrow. Sullivan looks down. How many? 57 million. 57 million? Kalanick throws his hands up in the air and puts his face in his hands. Then he lifts his head, his face flushed with anger. This cannot get out. If it does, we're finished. Damn it, this is your fault, and you need to fix this mess. I know, uh, I know. I have an idea. Sullivan begins talking Kalanick through a tactic known as a bug bounty. The idea is Sullivan's team will track down the hackers and pay them to delete the information they stole. In return, the hackers keep quiet, and nobody ever knows the breach happened. Kalanick listens and then nods once, curtly. Do it now. Sullivan has his orders. His team spends millions finding the hackers. When they do, they pay them $100,000 to keep the breach quiet. 
Kalanick doesn't tell users or drivers that their information has been stolen. For now, Kalanick succeeds in keeping the problem hidden, and Uber ends 2016 on a high note. January 2017, JFK Airport. A noisy crowd of New Yorkers bundled up in winter coats hold signs reading, Let them in, and I stand with immigrants. They're here to protest President Trump's new travel ban, the executive order that bars people from seven majority Muslim nations from entering the United States. Usually, JFK would be teeming with yellow cabs, but instead, those cab drivers have decided to protest the ban by leaving the airport. One group not participating, Uber drivers. Yellow cabs are striking, but Ubers are still operating, picking up passengers outside the terminals. At 7.30 p.m., Uber's marketing team tweets, surge pricing has been turned off at hashtag JFK Airport. The protesters are furious. Not only is Uber crossing the picket line, but by ditching its surge pricing, it also seems to be turning the protest into an opportunity to attract riders. Minutes later, a new hashtag circulates and starts to pick up steam. Hashtag delete Uber. And the Twitter sphere and beyond is listening. Across the country, Uber users delete the app, posting screenshots to prove it on social media. By Saturday night, hashtag delete Uber is trending. Uber goes on the defensive, sending another tweet explaining that they weren't trying to capitalize on the strike. They just wanted people to know that rides wouldn't be more expensive even during increased demand. But it doesn't work. The movement picks up steam. Following the JFK protest, more than a half a million users delete Uber. The company's long had PR problems. But while people once held their noses over Kalanick's bro talk... Now, they're taking it a step further and leaving the app behind altogether. After all, there's another more PC option with plenty of cars circulating. Lyft. In our next episode, Lyft comes back swinging as Kalanick makes some giant mistakes that threaten to destroy the entire company. From Wondering. This is episode four of Uber vs. Lyft for Business Wars. If you like our show, we hope you'll give us a five-star rating and a review, and please be sure to tell your friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. In the episode notes, you'll find some links and offers from our sponsors. Please support them. And a quick note about the recreations you've been hearing. In most cases, we can't know exactly what was said. Those scenes are dramatizations, but they're based on historical research. If you'd like to learn more about Uber and Lyft, we recommend Super Pumped by Mike Isaac and The Upstarts by Brad Stone. I'm your host, David Brown. Natalie Robomed wrote this story. Karen Lowe is our senior producer and editor. Edited and produced by Emily Frost. Sound designed by Kyle Randall. Our executive producers are Jenny Lauer Beckman and Marshall Louie. Created by Hernan Lopez for Wondering. Hey, I'm Mike Corey, the host of Wandery's show, Against the Odds. In our next season, I'm telling an amazing true story about American sailors who wrecked their ship off the coast of Africa in 1815. They're captured by a nomadic tribe 
To escape, they will need to cross the largest hot desert in the world to reach civilization. They will battle against blistering heat, inhumane conditions, hunger, and thirst. Their heroic fight to get home will have a much greater impact than just on their own lives. It will influence a future president and change the course of American history in ways that are still felt today. This is the true story of the men who made it, and it's one that you don't want to miss. Subscribe to Against the Odds on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, The Wondery App, or wherever you're listening right now.